Welcome to Church 213. We pray that the message today is a clear picture of who Christ wants to be in your life. We trust God for a miracle in the next few minutes. Thanks for listening. Under your breath, just whisper the name of Jesus a few times. I'm giving you permission to talk in church. Come on, whisper it out. Jesus. Jesus. There is no other name. Amen. There is power in that name. The name, what is the name? Jesus. Darkness has to flee, the Bible says. Redemption is found. Hope is here. In the name of Jesus. 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 There is no rival. There is no equal. In the name of who? Jesus. That's the king. Woo! That's why I'm alive. Like Dom said, if that didn't get your wood going, it's wet, right? I don't know if I said that, but I'm going to start. That's a good one right there. That's a good one-liner. Glad you guys are here this morning, Church 213. We're going to continue our series, How to Be the One in 2021. Um, If you're streaming with us on Facebook, welcome. Welcome to Church 213 Live. We are ready to get after. I am thankful to be in God's presence with God's people under His name because there's power in the name of Jesus. Years ago, I, uh, I served as the director of athletics for a Christian school. And I had the privilege of being a part of starting a shotgun team program. Now, if you're like, what in the world is a shotgun team program? I want you, I want you to imagine track meet with teenagers... And firearms. Oh yeah. It was live action. Um, But before the season started, me and a few coaches, we said, you know, we want to go to the local range and try to kind of simulate a little bit about what the shotgun team is going to experience at practice. Before we can coach them, we need to put ourselves in that environment. And I was feeling pretty good about my chances at the range because um, I knew how to handle a shotgun. So I thought. So I took my place on the course. I stood up there on the range. And I said that magic word. Pull! And, uh, and the ski came out of that high house. And it went across the sky in front of me. And I shot. And I missed. And then I said that word again. Pull! And I shot. And I missed. And that went on for a while. And it didn't take me long to realize that I was a terrible shot. I was, on a scale of one to five, I was bad. I couldn't shoot my way out of a paper sack, and I, and I, learned, I learned it that day. And see, here's the deal. What you need to know about shooting skeet is this. That skeet travels at a high rate of speed in front of you. And if you shoot it directly at what you see, by the time that pellet gets to where you thought you were seeing, that skeet's gone. And you realize that you're a terrible shot. And so if you want to connect, you want to connect with the skeet, you have to shoot to a spot. Y'all know where I'm going with this. That's in front, right? You have to shoot to that spot in front of the skeet. In other words, you have to shoot into an unseen and uncertain place, anticipating where the skeet is going. If you're with me, say I am. See, you can have all the pieces ready. I had all the pieces ready. I had the right gun. I had, I had the right load. I had the right eye protection. I had the right ear protection. I had the right stance. I had everything that I needed. But unless you actually hit something, <laughs> you've missed the point of the sport. In order to really experience what skeet shooting is all about, you need to turn one into powder. I'm going to tell you, when that happens, you're like, oh yeah, I'm on it now. You need to actually hit one. But until that lead meets the clay, until you actually accomplish the goal, you're just going through the motions. You're looking good doing it now, but you're just going through the motions. Wasting time, which nobody has to waste. And wasting gunpowder which nobody has to waste. And so, church, 
I want you to know, and you can look around, you've, you've topped the hill this morning on this, isn't it a beautiful morning? Wow, what, yesterday was a beautiful, I mean, I cannot think of a more beautiful day recently than the one we had yesterday. God has been good to us. You can top that hill this morning. We're up, we're moving, we're worshiping the king. There's no other name, there's no rival, there's no equal. God is good to us. You can top that hill and you can see that God's been good to us. We have some great pieces of ministry here at Church 213. First of all, we have all of you looking good this morning. We have a fantastic building. We have new parking lot lights. Come on, small group on Wednesday night, you can see the effects of those. You're like, wow, there's a church here at night. Some great pieces of ministry, great staff. We have a great golf cart. Some of you had a chance to ride that this morning. We have an amazing playground. We have plenty of small group space. We have plenty of small group space. We have state-of-art, state-of-art sound equipment. We have fresh coffee at the cafe. Thanks, food this morning for making that happen. We have stacks of Bibles, and we have shelves of books. And from a religious perspective, from a religious perspective, we are master marksmen for the cause of Christ, aren't we? Looking good. We have the welcome signs at the road. We're master marksmen. We look the part. Write this status on your notes. Life change happens by application, not by appearance. Life change happens by application, not by appearance. And for us, may we never be a faith family that just looks like we have all the parts. I want us to hit the mark. I want us to hit the mark with the heart of God. That's the point this morning. In 2021, how do we hit the mark? This is where we've been. Week one, how to be the one in 21 who starts something new. And then week two is how to be the one in 21 who hangs in there. This week, we're going we're gonna to roll on. How to be the one in 2021 who hits the mark. How do we, how do we hit the mark? Well, I'm going to show you. Right out of God's word, that's commitment to you, to dig out the truth, to be a relative expositor, to make this, make this truth come to life so that we just don't live by appearance, but we go out and we live by application. Amen. So if you have your copy of the scriptures this morning, stand with me for willing aid. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. It's going to be our main text for today, Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. says this, while he was with them, sorry about Jesus, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but he waited for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. This is talking about being equipped to go out, not just a physical appearance with John baptized with water, but actually something spiritual that makes, makes an inside change so you can make an outside difference. So when they come together, they ask him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. It means everywhere. Let's pray. God, you are faithful this morning. God, you are faithful to give us new life. You are faithful to give us mercies that are new every morning. You are faithful to walk with us. And hold us and equip us and empower us by yourself through your spirit. And God, for those that are watching this morning that aren't able to be in your presence here in our presence. Lord, for different reasons, I pray that your presence would be powerful. Lord, for those that are watching from a hospital room. God, those that are watching from a living room. 
or maybe those that are watching from a bedroom. God, I pray this morning that encouragement would flood its way through your power and your presence into the hearts of all of us as we sit and we soak and we marinate and we and contemplate your goodness and your hand of favor on our lives. God, you still have the whole world in your hands. And so, Lord, for those of us that are carrying things to your feet this morning, God, hold us tight. God, be tender to us in your presence. God, thank you for Jesus. And we pray in that name. A name that has no rival. A name that has no equal. A name that's above every other name. God, a name that we can lay our lives at. We thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. So how do we do it? How do we be the one in 2021 that hits the mark? It's right there. It's right there in chapter 1 of Acts. I mean, the gospel is picking up speed. It's about to radicalize the world. That's it. That's how we do it. The way we hit the mark in 2021, it's right there. A life lived on mission is how you hit the mark with the heart of God. Now, when you hear mission, I know what you probably think. Oh, man, is my passport up to date? Where are we going? Am I going to get a mission team t-shirt? Am I going to get on a plane? Am I going to get to pack my bags? Am I going to go somewhere? Am I, going to, am I going to fly somewhere this summer and build something? Am I going to be sweaty and get sand behind my ears? You know, that's part of missions. But that is not mission. That is a mission trip. But to hit the mark of God, it's not about a once-a-year destination. Y'all know that. It's about a lifestyle that's on mission every day day that's our target our target is the fame of his name is our aim it's an audience of one that's our target every day the reason Jesus left his followers these final words is because living out your faith that is the will of God you don't have to pray about that y'all we get that a lot let me pray about it and there, legitimately, there are some things that I want you to pray about. But there are some things as a believer that you do not have to pray about. You know, can you pray with me this morning? I love when we pray together. I don't know. Let me pray about it. What? what that doesn't make sense. There's some things, you know. There's some things you don't have to pray about. Living life on mission is one of those things. It's God's will for our lives. Because the reason that, that Jesus left these final words to the believers was because Jesus' impact on this planet was mission work of the Father. That's the reason he was here. There's only one focus for Christ between the resurrection and the ascension. That one focus is this. During those 40 days of just this intensive teaching, and over 500 people saw him, okay? He's, he's alive, people. Okay, he's, that actually happened. We're here. There is no rival. You know the reason that there's no rival? is because he's alive. The tomb is empty. There is no equal. And so during these 40 days of intensive teaching, his focus was this. It was the expansion of his kingdom to the world. That's the unifying thing of the Bible. It's that there is a God. We see that through the universal revelation. You can look around. We're breathing, okay? We're breathing. And because of that, God wanted us to specifically know how to have a relationship with what we know is true. And that special revelation through His Word. There is a God and He communicates with us through His Word. That is grace right there. And if you look at that Word, there's one unifying theme. It is the expansion of His name and His glory and His fame every moment to every, everyone that has breath in their lungs. That's the agenda. That's the unifying theme. And that's also on your notes. Write that down. God's kingdom agenda is the visible manifestation of the comprehensive rule of God in every area of your life. That's the will of God. The comprehensive rule. Full comping collision. 
That means you've got it all. Everything is covered. Every part of your life coming under submission of the comprehensive rule of God. People will say, Jesus is my Savior. I'm like, absolutely, mine too. But is Jesus your Lord and Savior? You know, you kind of throw those words around. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. When you, I mean, when someone lords over you, they are master over you. Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Which is why sometimes I call home and, you know, Debbie's like, yes, my Lord. No, I'm kidding. But it's a, it's a role of submissive authority. Jesus, my Lord and Savior. That's the question. That's what the agenda is of God's rule and reign on the earth. That everything is in submission to Him. And what I want us to do is I simply want to point out from this text right here and remind us the purpose of life. And it's simple. To be the one in 2021 who hits the mark by living life every day on mission to expand the comprehensive rule of God. And it starts with our own circles that we draw and we stand in. We say, God, today, transform comprehensively every area of life, starting with a person that's inside of this circle. And then as that circle expands, we see God's rule blanket the earth. Amen. So there's some things that I want to point out that happens when we are the one in 2021 who hits the mark. The first thing is this. It's this. A life on mission rewrites the rules. A life on mission rewrites the rules. Let's look at verse 4 of Acts chapter 1. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. If anyone ever says Jesus didn't tell you to do stuff, that's a lie. Okay? There are commands here. Don't do this. Do this. I, I, Captain, because you are my Lord and my Savior. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. He didn't give them all the details. This is a whole other message, okay? May get sideways right here. But think about it. He commanded them, just do it. You don't have to know all the details. I don't have to know all the details. I don't have to know all the answers because I don't have all the, all the knowledge. I don't know, but I know the one who does. And just do it. Just trust me. The righteous shall live by faith. But he said, wait for the Father's promise. Which, he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? They wanted all the details. They wanted the stuff, right? They want to know what's going on. They wanted to try to grasp what they could understand. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the time or the period that the Father has set by his own authority. Basically, it says none of your business. They didn't want to hear that. God, why? It's none of your business. Okay. See, Jesus was, was arrested partly because he consistently lived outside the rules of religion, right? Of what was normal. He was not overly focused on this image game. But his disciples, on the other hand, they were still caught in this cycle of formality. They, they wanted, like, they knew what was going to happen next, and they wanted to make sure that they were in line. This is why they asked Jesus when the Jewish state was going to be restored. They still expected Jesus to bust in on the, mo uh, uh, on the, on, uh, on the scene and set up this earthly kingdom that was going to give the Romans the boot. They still thought that was going to happen after all of this time. That was something they could wrap their minds around. They could hold on to it. That's something they could get fired up about. Jesus was very Jewish. Very Jewish. And he had, he had deep respect for traditions of his people, for, from his people. But he would move away from those traditions when they, listen, hang on to this. He would move away from those traditions when they became a hindrance of living out the life that his father had called him to live. His allegiance was to the Father. 
Jesus wasn't going to let traditions and this hypocrisy of the Pharisees separate him from meeting real need, living life really on mission. Y'all with me? And he got his hands dirty. He got his hands dirty and it cost him. Guess what it usually does? When you really put your hands to the plow, you better be ready to get those hands dirty. Action usually requires that sort of thing. I mean, think about this. In John 4, he broke the rules and he talked to a Samaritan woman and healed her heart's darkest blot. That is one of the greatest episodes on The Chosen, season one. Okay, if you haven't seen The Chosen, we need to have a little come to Jesus, okay? It will change your life, season two. Where's my man right there? Season two is almost out. I can't wait. I'm, I'm fired. Y'all, I'm fired up about it. In Mark 5, he let a woman touch his clothes. Oh, no, he didn't. He let a woman touch his clothes, and she had a bleeding disorder. <gasps> what was he thinking? In Matthew 8, he touched and healed a leper's body, a little boy, which was a no-no. Because their condition was thought of God's punishment for sin. In Luke 7, he hung out with some drunks and a tax collector. In John 8, he stood up for the life of a prostitute. In Luke 9, a boy with epilepsy was healed. In John 5, he healed on the Sabbath. In John 13, he washed some old, nasty, dirty feet. In Acts 1, he redefined the main focus of life. And at a point on Highway 83 South on a summer day, he changed my life. What is he thinking? God is faithful. Jesus overlooked cultural norms so that he could effectively live life on mission and hit the mark. And so, for us, our mission is to live on mission because the Bible teaches that God has a missionary's heart. God, the creator of all things, for that, of all matter. For that matter. Everything. What is God like? He's got a missionary heart. See after the fall and the sin. God came to Adam and Eve. And and he foreshadowed the gospel. By providing a permanent covering. You know what? They were shaken. Like a leaf on a tree. They were hiding. Behind some. Just insignificant. Efforts they had made on them on their own to cover their nakedness and, and shame. They were hiding. And guess who came to give them permanent covering? God. Who sacrificed a lamb in order to make clothing to cover their shame. God later called Abraham. He told him that he would bless all the families of the earth through him. The book of Jonah reveals God's missionary heartbeat. He sent Jonah to pagan people. That hated God. Jesus did his father's greatest work. Outside the confines of religion and expectations. Because religion is not relationship. And God is about a relationship. See the most religious people. Are often these these people that are most defiled. Because they get so comfortable in that atmosphere. Of, of extreme religiousness that they forget the real meaning of religion and the standard that it was created to uphold. It, it's, it's, a, it's a neon sign. It's where we go. It's not where we stay. And I want you to see religion is just a launching pad for good work because, catch this, it rearranges our consciousness to seek purity. Right? Religion will point us But living that out, that reinvigorates your heart with God's fire. Amen? You can't live there. That's where it's a launching pad. And how does that translate for us to be the one in 2021? You know, to to hit the mark. Well, you will likely, maybe, have to do something that's taboo. You might have to go against the grain a little bit. You may have to do something uncomfortable, something that might not be popular in order to hit the mark with living life on mission. 
One of the greatest things that COVID has shown us is that ministry must not be tied to just a building or, or a few paid staff, right? It has forced believers back into the streets. Amen. That's the biblical model. Hit the road, Jack. Come back on Sunday and then hit the road again. That's the intention all along. It's put ministry back into the laps of all believers as we go. Question is, and people ask me from time to time, you know, what's your staff like? Um, how many staff members do you have? The one I, we get more than anything is how many people go to your church? Well, first of all, it's not my church. <laughs> how many people go to your church? And I know they're just trying to kind of gauge where they are and the size and technique and all those things. But the question to you is how many ministers do we have here at Church 213? Hundreds of ministers at Church 213. All of us, all of us are ministers. One of my greatest roles as your pastor is to administrate and to equip the saints of ministry as we all go and do it. Not just me and Dom alone. As we go and do those things. All of you are a part of a ministry staff. Welcome to the staff. It's the greatest place to work in the world. Welcome to the staff. We'll have another staff meeting next Sunday morning. Welcome to the staff. How's it feel? Staff. You. So wherever you're living life on mission, this week, it's like a mini church plant. Y'all want to be church planters? You're part of a church plant. 14-year-old church plant. We're still like a little baby. But wherever you are this week, wherever you are in the morning, you've just planted a mini church right there. Guess what? You're the staff member. Amen. See, Christianity didn't become this movement that turned the world upside down because a guy named Paul was crazy and brave and adventurous and bold and he traveled around the world to tell people about Jesus. I mean, that, that contributed. Yeah. But the world got turned upside down because there were thousands of people who had been transformed by the power, the name of Jesus. You remember the, the disciples when they were going through this we're told by the religious leaders, is leave them alone. This thing's going to fizzle out. Guess what? <laughs> oh, they were wrong. It's not going to fizzle out. Because the God that spoke light at, what, 286,000 miles per second? Is that the speed of light? Something really fast like that? The God that spoke that out has the power to sustain that movement when you when you uh, grasp that power a little bit. It's not going to fizzle out, I'm telling you. If you've been hit and rescued by Jesus, it's not going to fizzle out. So it's going to continue to move. And we, there are people, yeah, Paul made a movement, but there were thousands of other people that we'll never hear about, that we'll meet one day. What are you going to do for all of eternity? I'm going to meet all those people that no one ever heard about that made a difference for the impact of the kingdom. Think about that. All of eternity, we have chance to talk shop with people that have been radically transformed in the name of Jesus. There are people that live, that, that live as witnesses in their daily rhythms that we have a chance to meet in heaven. Those are the people that live life on mission. Write this down. We are called to do our part, not just be a part. We are called to do our part, not just be a part. In Church 213, that, that's going to require us to look different. That's going to require you to kind of think outside the box a little bit. That's going to require you to have courage and care. But it's okay. Because you've been promised that His Spirit is going to be there to, to you know, the word baptize is baptizo. It means to dip and immerse, to completely change like fabric. The context is how you would take fabric and you would dip it and you would change it. And so for us, when we are dipped by the blood of Jesus, we're changed. We can step into that strange, different, maybe cultural environment. Or we have to change our strategy a little bit in our mini church plant tomorrow morning. And that's okay because God's word is clear. He is with us. 
We aren't just hanging out on our own. His spirit will guide you to hit the mark. And I am so thankful that I'm not trying to hit the mark on my own. Amen? Because I would miss the mark. God equips us and empowers us to hit that mark. So in the morning, get up and say, I'm about to go plant a little mini church. The spirit of God, lead me today. Let me hear your voice and let me sense your presence that I will step into a ministry opportunity today. It's going to look different. Help me get out of myself so I can get into your voice, knowing that we're not alone. And when we do that, that may take us to a Samaritan's well. It may take us to a leper's side. It might, it, might, it might take us to a sinner's table. It might lead us to ask some hard questions to some hard people in some hard places so that we can hit the mark with the hope of Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing about living life on mission. When you live life on mission, it keeps our hearts full and it prevents our passion from getting diluted because we naturally get in a routine, right? We, every day, if you're in a little mini mission, why are you so pumped when you're getting ready to go on a mission trip? Because it's adventurous. And so when you get up in the morning, like, I don't know what is going to happen today, but I'm going to be on mission. Man, you're on fire. And you're excited. It keeps those things burning instead of your passion getting diluted. Write this down. Religious buildings are where the religious gather on Sundays to celebrate the life lived on mission off campus. I'm going to add all week. That's the beautiful thing about Sunday morning. It's a pet rally. While we have a beautiful time of worship, of celebration. This, we want this to be a, 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 you know, a culture of celebration. It's a modern worship experience. We are experiencing worship. This building is just the place for us to come and celebrate living life all week. And when you experience, like we talked about at invitation last week of what happened on the square two Mondays ago, when you experience things like that on Tuesday, on Monday, and then something crazy, God's story happens again on Tuesday, and then you show up to, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday, something else God does to blow your socks off. You're just so overwhelmed. You can't wait to get here on Sunday to say you'll never believe what happened. Let's celebrate this. God, you're so good. You can't help but to come in here and to lift your hands and to lift your voices and to be excited. Y'all look excited. You know, you can't help but to do those things. So not only do missions remove the distractions of religious rules, because it does. When you live life on mission, it's okay to do things a little different. You may, it may, might even require you to do that, to think outside the box. It's also going to require you to do this. A life lived on mission reveals priority. And it puts the light on you. A life on mission reveals priority. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. And he said to them, It's not for you to know the time or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the reason that he uses those wordings right there is because it gets, it, it, it becomes very centralized and then and spreads out from there. It's like he would say, you're going to be my, he's going to be, you're going to be my, my witnesses at your own house. Like right there on your own property. And then in your neighborhood. And then your, your influence of the people around you. And then you're going to have opportunities to make an impact in the region. And then you're going to, be, you're going to go even further beyond that. That's what it means. It's different layers right there. It's different circles. It's like a target. To be the one in 21 who hits the mark. Where do we always aim? We aim at the bullseye, right? We want to we hit the mark with a bullseye. And so the bullseye there is right in our own homes. It's the most centralized place that God has you. 
There is no more centralized place than God has you than in your own body. Which is why personal revival is key. You lean in and you get all you can get for the name of, for the name of Jesus in your own heart. And then you begin to let that filter out from there. That reveals your priority. That's the gospel. It's God's plan. It's on his time and it's in his will. And God alone holds the right to move in the lives of people. That's his priority. It looks different for all of us. That's his priority. And it's a mystery. I don't understand it. I don't understand. A human mind cannot understand how a person can write through choice their story. Yet that story was written before the foundation of the earth were laid just as God has willed. And that issue has been debated by centuries about that understanding by some of the greatest theological minds the world has ever produced. And so what I want us to do as a church is we must focus less on if and or when, but where the scripture is completely clear without any shifting lights or discussion. It's very clear, and the Bible is very clear this. That hopeless people find hope in Jesus. That's very clear. That's found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 8. It says this. First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. For kings and all those who are in authority. So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior. Who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity. How many? One. There is no rival. There is no equal. The man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom for all. A testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed and herald an apostle. And I am telling the truth not lying, and a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. See, the call isn't for debate. Christ calls every believer to participate in carrying the gospel and seasoning this planet with unshakable hope. Make somebody Thirsty for Jesus. Like they've had way too much Chinese buffet. Why does it make you so thirsty? But yet so hungry 30 minutes later. It's a mystery. It's an evil, evil mystery. <laughs> make somebody thirsty. Take them to the buffet for Jesus. See, that call is not up for debate. The Bible could not be clear on that. We see that call in, in Romans chapter 10 verse 1. It says this. Romans 10 1 says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is what? For their salvation. And then in Romans 10, 14 and 15 says, How then can they call on them who they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? How can they hear without a preacher or proclaimer? And how can they proclaim it unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of those that need to be saved. Write this down. Living on mission tunes a person to the priorities of God. Living on mission Tunes a person to the priorities of God. There was this Indian chief. And uh, he was walking down the street with this businessman. And the Indian stopped and he looked at the businessman. And he was like, hey, you hear that? The businessman was like, uh, uh, no, what am I listening for? He's like, you don't hear that? He's like, I don't hear anything. He's like, what is it? The Indian said, it's crickets. Like, crickets? Like, I don't, I don't hear any crickets. And the Indian tried to help him. And he's like, you just need to 
You need to just listen. They're so loud. There are crickets all around you. I don't see, I don't see how you don't hear them. And he's getting a little frustrated. He's like, I don't. I'm telling you, chief, I don't hear any crickets. Stop talking about the crickets. And so they stopped, and the Indian looked off to the side, and he walked over there, and he picked up a cricket. And the businessman's like, whoa, you're right. How in the world did you hear this cricket in the midst of all of this traffic and all this chaos? I had no idea. How in the world did you do that? And so the Indian, he just stopped, he smiled, and he puts his hand in his pocket, and he pulls out some change. And he throws the change on the ground and 20 people instantly stopped to try to find where that change went. And the Indian's like, listen, you hear what you're tuned into. He's like, I'm tuned into nature, so I hear crickets. You're tuned into money, so you're going to hear a quarter when it hits the ground. Because what you're tuned into, what you're into, what you want to hear is what you're tuned into. And I know what I'm tuned into, and you know what you're tuned into. And so for us as Church 213, what we have to do in order to make a direct hit with the heart of God is we have to be tuned in to Him. You have to be tuned in to Him. See, you can have ten pianos up here, and you can't tune them all together by themselves. But if you had one tuning fork, then you can use that tuning fork, and you can tune all the other instruments together with that one thing because they're all tuned in together. So for us, as we're walking down the street, now we're not listening for crickets. Unfortunately, there's too many people listening for money, but we should be focused in listening to the voice of God as we make an impact first in our own Jerusalem and then see kind of where that takes us from there. Is it risky? Yeah. Oh, it's risky. Is it risky to go to a fire pit on Friday night? Guys, is it risky to go over there and sit around a fire pit and bring your own chair and, and talk about somebody that you, or talk with somebody that you see on Sunday morning? No, that's not very risky. But is it risky to bring somebody that nobody else knows with you? Oh, yeah. But you know what? That's where the payoff is. That's where a connection could be made. That's where a Jerusalem is. There's 17 of men signed up on the list. Let's double that. It's risky, but I don't know anybody. Yeah, yes you do. You know people. Think how many more people, men, you would instantly know Saturday morning. All of us doing life together. So if you're available on Friday night, Fire Pit Friday, it's our first man-up event. You'll hear more about that during announcements. Put your name on the list. Is it risky? Yeah, it's risky. So? Step out and do it and see what happens. Is it risky to invite somebody to your house that you know Sunday night to have supper? No, not very risky. Is it risky to invite someone to your house that you met at the park the day before? Yeah, because there's some freaks out there. I ain't gonna lie. There's some crazy folks out there. It's risky. Is it risky to live on mission? Is it? Yes, it is. Is it worth it? Absolutely. And I look at Shane Marks back there. You know how risky it was, what, three and a half years ago, Shane, when you went up to Hot Rod to a men's event? You were shaking like a leaf on a tree. You know why? Because you had stepped off into something you couldn't handle on your own. But the, 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 the voice of God was working in his life. It was risky. Since then, he's sold out to Jesus and God's working in his life and a household salvation in his own home. It's risky. Is it risky to do the things that you have done in the past and have seen God show up and show out? Oh, yeah, it's risky. But it's worth it. It reveals priority. Missions have a way of showing us what's really important to us, don't they? I mean, when you think about, uh, you know, a, a terrible car accident or, or maybe a fire where everyone's okay, you'll hear this. You know what? I'm just glad my family's okay. All that other stuff can be what? Replaced. Why do we say that? We say that, and what we really mean is all the small stuff in my life that I thought were priorities really aren't priorities at all when it's refined in the fire 
I can let all that other stuff slide. What's really important are the things that are closest to my heart. Right? That's what missions do. It reveals what's down deep, what's close to our hearts. They show us where our treasures are. They show us our priorities. They purify our motives for serving. They help us make a direct hit with the heart of God. See, one of the beautiful things about Jesus is he wasn't a man in a hurry. Like he was always going somewhere. He was never in a hurry. A lot in the New Testament, you'll hear the words, as he was going, right? You know, the average speed of a walk is, is three miles an hour. Like this speed right here. Jesus was, as he was going, never miss an opportunity to change direction or to live life on mission. And for us, most of our schedules, we schedule the Holy Spirit out of our schedules. We schedule the Holy Spirit out of our calendars. And we don't have space enough as we are going for the ordinary and the mundane and the, those unnoticed ways, do we? I mean, it's okay sometimes just to sit on the square and see what happens. It happens on Monday a lot. Just be available. See what happens. See, the great commission to go in all the world and the nations to make the disciples should never be an excuse not to know the people that were right next to us. Are we to go into all the, all the earth? Yes, absolutely we are. As we go and as that target expands. So knowing that we could possibly help another sister church build on mission this summer. And we've got some of the things in, in the work for a church to partner and do that. As we prepare to do that this summer, may our preparation to thinking about that this summer not stop us from actually doing something tomorrow for a co-worker. You see what I'm saying? See how that would be so, off, so, so backwards. And so the Great Commission is there. It's as we are going now, and then that next step, and then this summer, and then next year. But everything that accomplishes then kind of flows out of what's going on right now. And so the last thing is this. A life on mission helps restore our relationship with God. It helps restore our relationship with God. The best way that I can date my wife is to take her on a date. The best way I can show her that I want to be with her is to be with her. The best way for me to show my daughters that I love tucking them in at night is to tuck them in at night. The best way for us to live life on mission is to live life on mission because it brings us close to a relationship with the Father. Certainly God can work without us. It'd be a really safe play. Should God work without me? Probably so because I can be a mess. Should God work without you? Probably so because we can be a mess. People are unstable. Can I get a witness? People can be unpredictable. We're incapable, we're unprepared, we're unable to do anything for Him on our own because sin clouds the minds and it hardens the heart. There's an old saying that farmers use that simply says this, hey, that water ain't going to clear up until you get the pigs out of the creek. It's not going to happen. Which is why we are perfect candidates to bring Him praise. Because when we get submerged and submersed into hitting the mark, we have to lean on God and we have to seek Him in some fresh ways. That's the booster. Missions is that relational booster shot. So when we get scared and we get insecure and we get nervous about our abilities, God has us exactly where He wants us because we have to draw up close to Him. We are watching a movie the other night. Um, me and the girls, and I knew it was kind of scary for Sadie, but I also knew 
that if I could get her to hang in there through the scary part, that she would be locked in because the scary part wasn't really scary at all at the end. And the suspense would break, and then there's like a rescue coming at the end. You know what I mean? And so halfway through, she's like, uh, can, I, can I leave? Can I go? Can I stop watching? I'm like, no. You know, kind of being, to her view, probably mean. No, you can't go anywhere because I know that if I can keep you grounded through this intense suspense, then you're going to be like, yeah, cheering for the good guys at the end. Right? And so for us, when we step into those insecure and those unseen, and we shoot into those places that are beyond and we can't really see what's going to happen, if we stay the course, it will, yeah, God will cheer us on. He will give us this boost, this, this fresh wind, because we have to draw up close to Him. And you can't know someone's heart. You can't know what a heartbeat's going to sound like unless you put your ear really close to their chest, right? Because when he's all you have, you have all you need. That's where living life on mission grounds us in a dependence of the Lord. And so living life on mission, it produces this tenderness in your heart, doesn't it? It produces this dependence. It produces this closeness to God that, that you have possibly been longing for for so long but just didn't know where to find it. Well, I'm going to tell you where to find it. It's living life on mission. So if you're in a dry spell, serve someone. If you're in a discouraging season, live life on mission. Meet a need. If you need a need met, then step in and meet another need and see what could possibly happen inside of your own heart and on your own mind. Are you with me? Serving will not set you free. Only the blood of Jesus will do that. But you're set free to serve and there's freedom there that's how you hit the mark in 2021 we close with this there was this flight attendant and uh, the airline had gifted her with a free trip to Europe from the United States so on her free trip she's just catching a ride across the pond there was an issue on the plane that they needed another flight attendant. And so the flight attendants that were working the flight asked if there were any, any other flight attendants that would be willing to step up. And she immediately raised her hand. She raised her hand to help. And the beauty is this. She raised her hand to help because she was just so grateful to be a part of that free trip. See, she wasn't helping to earn the trip across the pond. She had already earned that, right? So she stepped up and she just raised her hand to serve as they were going. That trip to Europe was no, uh, no cost to her. That service was a joy and it wasn't a complaint. She was just so grateful for the benefit of where she was already going because somebody else had paid her way that she wasn't discouraged to step into an environment where she had to live life on a different mission. See, when we understand how lost our sin makes us, but how good God's love is, missions becomes the pulse of our life. To Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you run into people from time to time. That you feel like they're serving Christ. In order to get saved. Rather than just serving Christ. Out of the overwhelming joy of the free ride. It's free to me. It wasn't free to him. It was an extreme cost. And love is sacrifice. And when you get a glimpse of the love of God. And how that's applied to your account. And the freedom that you experience in that. You can't help be the first one to raise your hand. And go, I'll live my life on mission. Locally. Regionally. And around the world. So what does it do? How do you, want, how do you hit the mark in 2021? Or you live life on mission? It's going to cause you to live outside the rules a little bit. 
going to cause you to reevaluate your priorities. But it will be so worth it because it will reinvigorate your relationship and your walk with the Lord in ways that will be surprising not only to the people around you, but it might even surprise what you're capable of doing on your own. Let the Lord catch you off guard sometimes. Like this guy. Y'all watch this. That got some of you, didn't it? Isn't it easy to live life like that? And so for us as a church family, let's shoot into the unknown, into the uncertain, into the unseen places with the goal of hitting the mark of the heart of God. Amen. Let's stand together as we pray. God, you're so faithful to us this morning. God, you're faithful to use us. God, you're faithful to equip us. You're faithful to love us unconditionally. And while we were still sinners, you died for us. God, because you have a missionary heart, we don't have to wonder what you're like. We can know by your word. And so, Lord, this morning... God, I pray that we would be challenged. We would be challenged this morning to see that we are to live life on mission. That is our purpose. That is your heart. But Lord, it is impossible to hit the mark with living a life on mission if we haven't come under submissive authority to the mission that you have set out through your son to our own hearts. And that's a relationship. God, we can't live out what we don't know on the inside. And so, God, if there's someone here this morning that's not a believer, that's not living life on mission, that's struggling with purpose and identity because their sin has separated them from a, uh, separated them from a relationship, God, that this would be the morning that they would get on mission first by taking care of the mission in their own heart. That you left the throne, climbed a cross, and bled a sinner's death to provide means of salvation. God, if there's someone in here this morning that needs to be saved and needs to be sure, God, today is the day that you've called them to reconcile their lives with you. God, give them courage of that conviction to step out and to settle that issue this morning. God, we can't be on mission outside of these walls if we aren't all in while we're here and celebrating you. God, over 30 commands in your word tells us that it is possible, it is, uh, it is certain that we would be a part of a local body that does life on mission together. So, God, I thank you for the body of believers that you've assembled in here. God, if there's, some, if, there's a, if there's a church orphan in here this morning that's here, Lord, but they aren't a part of this local body, God, that we will be able to have that conversation this morning. 
God, if there's a dryness in here, if there's something that needs to be laid at this altar, God, I pray that we would do business with you because you've done business with us through your commands and through your son. There's no rival, there's no equal. We thank you for the blood of Jesus this morning. I thank you for loving us and redeeming us and using us and equipping us and drawing us close to you. God, thank you for being so good to us this morning. God, help us not just to live by appearance, but by application and living a life on mission. We have the parts. We look the part. God, help us to leave these walls and be on mission. God, help us to enter the mission field every day with boldness and excitement and courage. We pray this in Jesus' name.